Welcome everyone to my Soft Hours podcast. I have with me my guest, Dylan Cruz. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How's it going? How are you? I'm good, you know, just chilling. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm excited for this episode that we have today. Same. So, um, what was our topic? Our topic is finding Jesus after you fall astray. Okay, now, have you ever fallen astray before, Dylan? Of course. That's why we're here, right? That's why we're talking about it. Yeah, I feel like it's it's something that we can um, really openly talk about, you know, as believers, as people who, um, you know, pursue a relationship with Jesus. Sometimes it's not an always, like, perfect walk. So I am one of many who have probably fallen astray, but one thing that we can get... Um, have a common ground in is knowing that, you know, God can still redeem anybody, even us. Right. So before we get in um, to this topic, we should definitely pray. So do you mind praying for us? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we are taking, God, to discuss your word, God, and who you are and how good you are to us, Father. Lord, I just ask that you would be glorified in this podcast tonight, God, and you would just move and speak to the hearts of your people who are listening to this podcast, Father. And I pray that you would open up their hearts, God, that you would speak to them, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> I love saying that at the end. <laughs> okay. So um, now, how long have you been like seeking the Lord, like truly saved? And Yeah, so I was actually raised in church, mm-hmm. so I've technically have known about God my entire life. My parents are senior assistant pastors at our church. So I am a PK kid, uh, raised in church. We practically went every single day. Um, Pastor Dan at our church would say that we are drug babies, which is true. Because <laughs> um, that kind of applies to myself and my siblings. Um, so yeah, technically I've been involved in the church and ministry. I've you know, encountered God in, in many different ways. But I guess I didn't start truly pursuing him until I got older. Um, And that's when I started understanding the importance of having a real, authentic, and genuine relationship with Jesus versus just um, a feeling that you felt as a kid without having any weight to that feeling and understanding what that feeling was. So when I got older and was able to make the decision to have a relationship with Jesus for real, um, that's when I started really seeking him to know him for myself. Because it's one thing to know of him. It's a whole nother thing to know him for yourself. Right. And so as I started on that journey to seek him, it was not perfect. I didn't have all the answers, but I started to encounter him in new ways. And then he started becoming more real to me, which made me more hungry for a move of God in my life and to have that sustained. It was something that I kind of experienced. And then you don't want to lose that experience. You don't want to lose that moment with Jesus, right? So I would say, yeah, around 18 or 19, I started really taking my relationship with God seriously. Um, After, you know, years of just knowing of God, not truly knowing it for myself, Mm. which I feel like is like something everyone could say and relate to, you know, right? especially in the church. I mean, you have those experiences and you might not actually really, truly know the Lord for yourself until you make that decision to wholeheartedly seek him. Right. Now, Dylan doesn't know about these questions I'm asking him. Honestly, I'm just like going by what I'm led to just ask you. So I just I just think that when we do that, it's so organic. And yeah. so just for 
fresh. So how, how was your relationship when you first encountered the Lord? Like, how did that feel? And how did you hold on to that in the beginning? So let's just start from that. Okay, so this is actually going to be an interesting story. And I hopefully not take the whole time of the podcast to explain <laughs> okay. it. But I remember when I was actually, um, I believe I was 18 or 19 years old. And I remember having this moment in my life where I believed in God, but because I didn't experience him the way everyone else did, I almost resented him in a way. So I remember being in my car and I was telling God, hey, if you don't speak to me right now, I'm just not going to believe in you. I was borderline about to become an atheist that day. And I stood in my car for probably about an hour and 45 minutes and nothing happened. And I remember crying and asking God, like, why? Why aren't you revealing yourself to me in this way? Why aren't you speaking to me? I'm hungry for it. I want this to happen. Because at that point, I never heard his voice. So I remember I kept going um, every single day, just constantly saying, you know what? Why do I even try? I still kept praying every day on my knees. And I'm like, God, you don't even speak back to me. Why do I continue praying? And there was one day where I remember going to pray in my basement with my friend Adam and then my brother Matt. And they invited me to pray down there. And I remember just feeling something shift in my life. And I started feeling the presence of God in a way that I never felt before. It was almost this heavy feeling that I could not even stand on my own two feet. And I remember in that moment, I heard a voice speaking And from that point on, I recognized and discerned the voice of the Lord for the first time ever. And I was in my basement and in my head, I wanted to freak out. But Matt and Adam were so into their prayer that I was like, I don't want to hinder them by screaming or whatever. But I remember like in my head, like, yes, I finally like actually heard something. And so I told them finally afterward and they were super excited about it. And they just said, you know, let's keep praying. Let's, let's see if we can discern the voice of the Lord and hear what he has to say. And I remember that night, the Lord spoke a lot. Like he was just flowing, like we're talking, giving me a prophetic word. So as he gave me prophetic words for the first time, I just remember crying in the presence of God and saying, like, I, I just felt like I wasn't worthy. I feel like that's the number one thing we all go through is feeling unworthy of both his love and kind of the mantle and call he places on our life. And that's something you have to truly accept because no matter, you know, where you are in life or what you've done in the past or who you used to be, God still called you. And that's probably the most um, important thing to memorize is God can still call someone even with a bad past, right? Because he doesn't look at your past. He looks at who you are right now in this moment. Um, So yeah, in that moment, I just remember like hearing God and I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like this is literally crazy. He's giving me prophetic words. And um, after that, I kind of just got into deep prayer every single day. So one of the main things was I couldn't wait to get up in the morning because it meant that I could, um, go before the Lord and I knew he was going to be there versus being in my car and being so hopeless that he wasn't going to show up. And so there was a huge transformation in my life from that point. I just remember holding on to that and not wanting to lose that because it felt so special of how close he really is to us and how, He will go to you, a person who might not be living right, right? That was me. A person who was living in the world, surrounded by the wrong groups of friends, doing Lord knows what, (laughs) a lot of things that you're probably not supposed to be doing, right? And he will go and show himself to you. And I think that's the beautiful thing about who God is. Um, And once you experience that, it's something that you don't want to lose because it sustains you in your walk with the Lord, you know? 
Right, and the crazy thing is that God has been showing us who He is the whole time, but we were so blind to notice it. Come on. And once you start to encounter the Lord, you're like, Father, you were there the whole time. I just didn't see you. So when you are Holy Spirit filled, you're like, God was with me from the beginning. God's been trying to speak to me since day one. And to know that God is there, it's just the best feeling ever. Because in those moments, especially where you're like, my friends aren't there. My family just quite don't understand it. I'm here by myself. But Mm -hmm. it was the Lord who was there with you the whole time. And for me, that's just kind of what... What really drew me near to the Lord was because no one understood what was going on in my life, but Him, He was there to know my heart. He was there to search the deepest parts of our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. And that's the intimacy that we have with the Lord. So I think that is so cool. Now, when you heard the voice of the Lord, like, were you able to hear Him now all the time and discern whose, whose voice you were hearing I feel like it, that's such an interesting question because I feel like there were moments where you, like I know personally for me, I would psych myself out. Like, is this me? Is this me speaking? Right? right? Because it, it can be so confusing in the beginning. Right. But I feel like when you spend time with the Lord and you really consecrate time to seek him in his presence, um, I believe that the Lord honors that and he's going to continue um, speaking to you in those moments. So it wasn't like an everyday type thing, right? Mm-hmm. I just knew that I heard God. I discerned his voice because I just knew. I think when you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and when you hear the voice of the Lord speak to you, it's just your spirit just becomes so alert because it, it's it's aware of God speaking to you. Right. So it's just something that you feel and you know without right. a shadow of a doubt. So it wasn't an everyday thing, but I feel like the more I sought him in his presence, the more I was able to discern his voice and become confident in that. So when God called me to pray on pe- uh, pray over people, I actually had the opportunity to continue practicing that, to discern his voice and have an ear to hear, right? Um, and that's just what it is. It's just having your cup so empty to where like, God, just fill me, like speak right. to me. I can't do it without you. Even to this day on the prayer team, mm-hmm. I'm totally dependent on the presence of God because I don't want to pray based on my own like voice. I don't want to pray right. based on my own opinion. I right. want to pray what the spirit is saying for this person because they come to the altar, you know, hurt or worn down, going through pain or their past trauma is coming up and people need healing, right? So if I'm able to stand into a place of, of being vulnerable with the spirit of just saying, God, I have nothing in my cup and I'm expecting you to fill that so that I could be able to move and operate in you and only you. Um, and I believe that that's something that the Lord really does use, especially in my life um, where I've been able to pray over people and I would hear a word of knowledge from the Holy wow. Spirit. And it still blows my mind to this day really? because it's so cool to me that the, the Holy Spirit will literally entrust me with that, right? With and that information. Allow, exactly. Mm-hmm. And allow me to speak to that person. And at first it was, I think it's, it's a boldness thing. I feel like, uh, you know, getting a spirit of boldness is something that you have to acquire and walk in. Um, but standing in confidence and operating in that to know, hey, when the Holy Spirit's speaking, I'm going to say it confidently because I know it came from him. Um, because sometimes you can psych yourself out and start getting doubtful. Is this God? Is this not God? And I feel like when you do that, that's where the enemy can kind of put confusion um, in your mind and and basically just deter you from what God is really trying to do in and through you. 
you know. Right. So the enemy is just like, you know, Dylan's got all together now. He's praying for people. And, you know, that happens to all of us where the enemy sees us like winning. He sees the Lord's favor all over us. Yep. And that's when he tries to come and ruin things because he knows that you are helping and you are building God's kingdom. So um, now that you've established that like relationship with the Lord, like how did you keep it? Um, by fasting. I think one of wow. the main things I learned in my life, especially from my younger brother, Matt, mm-hmm. is the importance of fasting. Mm-hmm. We did it in church growing up, but I never really understood mm-hmm. the true importance of fasting and how much of an impact it can have on you spiritually. Um, and we would do it mostly out of obligation growing up. But when I started taking the steps to actually fast on my own and saying, Lord, I'm giving up these things for you. I'm sacrificing, um, you know, watching TV. I'm sacrificing being on my phone. I'm sacrificing those meals so that I could be able to be in like in, in, in prayer so that I could experience you in a new way. And I actually used to be uh, very skeptical about fasting. And I don't tell a lot of people about that, but we were fasting for a conference that we were hosting at our church. And I remember the first day I was super skeptical because I never fully fasted like that in my life. And I remember um, saying, okay, I'm just going to do it again out of obligation. First day, didn't really feel anything. I was like, okay, God, like I know that you're real now. I know that you're there, but I didn't really feel anything, right? So the second day, I just felt an urgency um, in the spirit to just continue on doing it. So second day came, I started getting in deep prayer. Um, I was consecrating myself um, with the Lord and just spending time with him. And then I started feeling his presence just fill my room up. And it was just this tangible presence that you cannot escape. It's more than a feeling. It's it's God showing how close he is to you in that moment and that he hears your cry, right? He hears your prayer. And that's what the word tells us. And then by the third day, forget about it. I was on my face on the ground. I couldn't even get up for probably three and a half hours, just slain in the spirit, just spending time with him and just getting a, I, I want to say like a refreshing, like I think God was just rejuvenating me in a new way and, and, and awakening my spirit in the way that it needed to have this sure faith that, whoa, if I actually consecrate myself in this way, mountains will not only begin to move, but God will reveal himself in a new way to me. And then at that point, I had felt like, I want to use like the windows of heaven felt like they were open, right? It was just this glory in my room. And I remember crying and I was like, God, I know I have to eat to live and survive, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to do that because I don't want to lose this moment. And so that's how I sustained that. It's just constantly um, fasting, um, praying, worshiping God reading the word because sometimes if he doesn't speak with an audible voice his his voice is in the word right Mm -hmm. the word speaks to you and sometimes it can be a day where i'm feeling the most you know discouraged or something and i'll open up my my bible and then there'll be a scripture that i needed to hear that day and i'm like dang oh my god thank you so much like thank you for actually speaking to me in your word you know and so i believe god speaks in many different ways but The only way to sustain it is to really seek him in his presence wholeheartedly. Right. And uh, the thing about fasting is we can give up like social media, watching TV. We can give up even snacks, but 
you can live without those things. But can you live without food and water? Mm-hmm. You can't. So that's why it's so important to give up something you actually yeah. cannot live with. Yeah. And when you when you're like um, getting into fast, there are a lot of good store books in the of the Bible. Like when Esther was fasting, when Daniel was fasting, and you can definitely see the reasons why they fasted and the spiritual warfare mm-hmm. of how they fasted. Like for Daniel. He, he was fasting. Uh, he wasn't eating anything like delicious. He was abstaining from the delicacies of what the king was giving um, to everyone else. So um, it was so easy for him to take. So I, I don't want to get off a track or whatever. <laughs> but uh, basically, you have to give up something that actually hurts, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how God says sacrifice. I mean, that obedience is better than sacrifice. sacrifice yep. But um, when you want to get closer with the Lord, I think fasting is a good point too Mm -hmm. so now that you've told us this you said that you've gone astray yeah you fell on astray Mm -hmm. knowing us knowing all of that you've been through like how you've abstained that um relationship with the lord how you heard from him and how you know how to keep it how did that how did you like leave oh not leave but like how did it how did you fall off from all of that yeah i feel like it's easy to um allow temptation to creep in. I I feel like more than often we don't um, always recognize when temptation is creeping through right away because it can come from different forms, whether it be through people, whether it be through, um, you know, something that involved rejection, things like that. So for me, I would say that um, it definitely was hanging around with the wrong group of people. For sure. So my old friends, um, nothing against them, love them, but hanging around with them that... um, they didn't really produce a positive influence in my life. And, you know, versus my community of friends that I hang out now, they are a solid foundation for me because they a hold me accountable and B they're also praying with and for me. My old group of friends didn't do that. So I think when I started surrounding myself with people again, that didn't have the same views as me, um, it really started making me get to a place of being jaded and then I was just tempted to go back to old ways, you know, um, you know, past friend groups that I've hung out with, you know, they were involved with drinking, like all that stuff. So it's easy to blend in with the crowd. And sometimes I feel like, at least for me, I personally battled with um, the temptation rising up again of old things, old habits that I used to um, walk with, you know. And so I believe the enemy just really, truly uh, like just got me in that place of uh, where I was most vulnerable, hanging out with the wrong people. And in one split moment of temptation of just being so submerged in that environment, I made the decision to either be just like them or do my own thing. And it obviously wasn't in the will of God. So I feel like um, when I fell astray, it just more so involved me choosing the world over God. And that was based on a decision that I you know, you make the decision to fall straight, right? But I feel like when you allow the enemy to creep in through windows of temptation and you don't identify that right away and pray against that, because I know in those moments, I didn't pray against it right away. And so that really led me to a point where I backslid a little bit. Um, And so when I finally had to come to terms with, hey, I know what I did wrong and it hurt. It was painful to know that, hey, I turned away from God knowing the truth. I turned away from God knowing who he is in my life. Um, And I got to a place of shame and embarrassment. And that main thing right there was what prevented me from 
even wanting to go to God again because I felt like I wasn't worthy anymore. I felt like he didn't love me anymore. I felt like, you know, he wouldn't forgive me again, right? So it's kind of one of those things that you go through where you start um, really living in your thoughts and the enemy is the author of confusion. So he just utilizes that for his benefit. And um, I know that's what prevented me from getting on my knees and praying, opening the Bible again, because I just felt so much shame and defeat and discouragement. Um, But I'll tell you this, to sum all this up, the number one thing that got me through was understanding how important it is to push beyond the shame, push beyond the embarrassment, um, the feeling of defeat, push beyond all of those lies of the enemy and seek God no matter what it feels like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what it looks like. Because if you can go beyond that, on the other side of that pain, you can get refined through the fire. And even through that brokenness, God can take you and clean you as like brand new. And he did it for me. And it took a while to learn like, okay, I don't have to feel this shame going to God because um, I fell. I have to identify I fell. I made the mistake, right? Now, how am I going to get back up and actually get my life together with the Lord, right? And so it was just about seeking him all over again and kind of um, asking him for forgiveness and going through like true repentance to know like, God, I'm sorry for what I did, right? I'm sorry for, you know, going back to old ways and actually being around a community of people that, you know, I'm responsible for as a man of God, you know, to set the example for them. And I didn't. So I think one of the main things is just allowing God to go through that place, um, of brokenness that you would go through when you backslide and allowing him to mold you and shape you and actually turning away from your wicked ways, which is what the Bible commands us and not looking back, right? Because the Bible says whom the sun sets free is free indeed, right? He doesn't say that you're half free. He doesn't say that you're a portion free. (laughs) The Bible says that you are free indeed. And I believe that means with no residue. So it's about having that discipline and honoring yourself and God enough to not look back, right? Right. Do you think that like not getting the answer that you wanted could have caused people to fall off or maybe even a death of a someone you love so much? Do you feel like those things can cause people to go astray? Because it's like, God, I put, I depended on you. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this would never happen to me. And look what happened now. Like, do you think those circumstances can really just make us think differently about who the Lord is. Oh, absolutely. I feel like those moments can kind of produce um, a heart of stone rather than a heart of flesh. And I feel like if you're not praying through those moments, you're going to go convert back to old ways. Like if you're going through a situation that hurt you and it causes anger to rise up and you don't pray against that and you don't spend time with the Lord so you can heal that and, you know, obviously change your paradigm within those moments. um, I do believe that those things can consume you. For me, it was rejection, right? Mm. I'm an actor, so I get rejected all the time, which you would think I would be used used to by now. Mm. But I feel like there are moments where I would get so rejected where I felt like I was like worthless, like not good enough. I will never be good enough. And it produced a lot of negative things inside of me, like self-doubt, insecurities, um, feelings of worthlessness, um, like I'll never amount to what people expect me. Um, to amount to I'll never be like everyone else. So a lot of those things definitely jaded my mindset. And it made it kind of easy in a way to go back into sin, because it's like, oh, well, if my life is like this, and I'm just gonna go do this, right. 
And I definitely believe that those moments are what the enemy uses to really make you fall and stumble because the enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will do anything in his power to get you to that place so that you don't have to go to God anymore. But when you go to God, if you realize how much power you have against the enemy and the authority that you have that he's absolutely, absolutely scared of, then you can actually start understanding how to walk in the boldness in that so that you can prevent all those things from happening again. Right. And just think about it, how the Lord has plans for us. He, uh, want, he'll he use anything and everything that he can to get us closer to him again, to get us to our first love. But the enemy has the same plans. He'll use anyone and anything to derail our our path, to, do, to ruin our relationship with the Lord. And that's what we have to understand. Yep. So, and you know what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is very weak. So you have to really put yourself in a situation where you're living a consecrated life. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, you have to live a consecrated life because that's what truly keeps you closer to the Lord. Because the Lord, there's no partnership of darkness with the Lord. So if you're holding on to one sin, that's like... Why are you cheating on the Lord with your sin? You know, you have to let it go. You have to say, okay, is this worth it? The the Lord says that if you love me, obey my commandments. And if you really love him, you would obey his commandments. And his commandments, his laws are not there to make us like robots, but to protect us. Because (laughs) the Lord says, do not lean on your own understanding. So if you're you're leaning on what you see... Mm -hmm then of course you're going to think that way. Of course you're going to think bad. And that's and those moments where we're ignorant, mm-hmm. that's the moments where the enemy will use yeah. against God. He'll say, look what, look at what God did. Look, look at this or look at that. Mm-hmm. The enemy is an accuser. He'll yeah. accuse us to God and he'll accuse God to us all the time. So yeah. you have to understand like, who the Lord is and how he functions and how he works. He says, don't look at it for how it is, but look at the situation for what I can do. Mm -hmm. I know it hurts you, but you don't know what happened for it to get there. You know, I'm just speaking in general right now. So um, you have to understand that the Lord does not tempt. He does not tempt us at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's us when we put our situations there because us as believers, we should know what's good from bad. We're yeah. not going to know all the time, but mm-hmm. we fall prey to certain situations. Yeah. Like, like you're going to like in this world, there's so many things that people do that. Like, for example, Halloween, a lot of Christians, they can't really like let themselves go. Like they just want to like be part of that fun. But mm-hmm. like, the enemy's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. Like Dylan said, so why are you going to go and celebrate him? Yep. Don't make the devil look cute on Halloween, Come okay? On. <laughs> so he's out there planning and plotting uh, while you're out there like, oh, like, look at me, you know? Yep. So you have to just really like, you know, live that consecrated mm-hmm. life to really obtain that relationship with the Lord. So Yeah, and I would say like I one thing I wanted to add to you is because um, I had this verse in mind earlier. That's why like I wrote it down because it's so good. And it says in Romans 6, 6 through 7, um, that we should no longer be slaves of sin because he died for us. One thing that my dad always used to say is when we turn back, well, first off, the Bible says that only a fool turns back to his vomit, right? Right. And so why would anyone want to go back to that? Um, And my dad always used to say, um, you know, God, Jesus gave his life on a cross for our sins, right? To set us free. 
and he paid the ultimate sacrifice. So when we sin, why would we put Jesus? It's almost like we're putting him back up on the cross again every single time. Right. And so the, if the Bible is saying that we should no longer be slaves to sin, if we should not go back to our vomit, then that's, those are manuscripts. Those are instructions that the Holy spirit has given Mm -hmm. us so that we understand that that life offers us nothing. Right. Nothing but a dead end. And I know from experience firsthand, nothing good comes from that life living outside of the will of God. Mm -hmm. But there is so much treasure in living a life according to God's will. And so when you have the decision to choose the bad life over the good life, for me personally, I will choose the good life over that bad life any day because nothing good came from it. You know, it's like so many things that I, I remember going through is like, um, battling with a spirit of anxiety mm. and um, battling with a lot of different health issues and just mm. a lot of things that were wearing me down, especially like my mental health and just feeling exhausted all the time. And when I actually gave my life over to the Lord in that way and surrendered wholeheartedly and said, I'm not turning back to that way anymore, all of those things went away, right? Anxiety went away, anger went away, bitterness went away. All of those things are taken away. And all you're left with is you and Jesus, and it feels amazing. Wow. And the scripture that just came to my mind was Psalms 15, 2 to uh, 5. It says, He who walks uprightly, or it says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite, with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change, he who does not put out his money at ursery, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent, he who does these things shall never be moved. Come on. So that right there tells us, you know, mm. if we put our if we put our faith in the Lord, our rock, then we will stand. Come you know, on. put you know put the Lord in everything. You will stand. You will not be moved. And mm. there's proof right here. Yep. So, um. Yeah, I definitely agree with the scripture that you read. I think it's perfect and so timely too because we need to re- remind ourselves what the word says. You know, I feel like it's so easy to operate based on what we think or what's going on around us. But if we can actually stand on what the word says, um, I truly believe that this, because the Bible says thy word have I hidden in my heart Mm, that I might not sin against thee. Right. So if we can take this word and genuinely hide it in our heart and study it, right. We can understand not only who God is, but what's required of us as men and women of God. Right. We store the word of God in the library of our hearts. So wherever we go, his word goes with us. Come on, library. We- <laughs> <laughs> you got a library got right, here. right here. So-, yeah. <laughs> right. so like wherever the Lord is, he is with us. And whenever the enemy tries to throw thoughts of remember how good it was or, you know, to him, he thinks he's good. But- oh, he doesn't play fair. Right. So. Mm-hmm. You tell him, I know what my God says, and my God says this. So you take up that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, yeah, and you say, you devil, yes, you know? So you're under my feet. So, yeah, come yeah, on. Hey, your Jesus sermon from the yeah, summer. <laughs> I will never forget that. I love your that part. sermon from the summer. I, <laughs> I love was like, that. you're under my feet. Come on. you got to remind the enemy of his place. I remember 
um, Pastor Dan at our church, he said um, a long time ago, he said, um, we should not uh, be the ones pacing the floors of our room at night. We should be the ones making the enemy pacing the floors of our room at night, right? Meaning we should not be running around scared in our room, allowing the enemy Mm -hmm. to just sit back acting like he has all the power and authority. No, the roles are reversed clearly because of the God that we serve, right? And the God in us. So we should always remind the enemy of his place because sometimes I feel like he, he throws so much shade our way that he forgets where his place is. But we have to actually stand and operate in authority, which I always love to say, because Matt says this too, Mm -hmm. is um, if we only understood the power that's inside of us, because the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that resides in us. So if we can understand that we have that in us, then we can walk boldly and actually tell the enemy where he belongs, right? Right. (laughs) Take your friends and go somewhere. (laughs) That's how you. (laughs) Yeah, and he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. And you guys, you have to understand that. The enemy only, he has that power in in your life from what you give him. Your sin is what's giving him that power in your life. And that's Mm -hmm. why the Lord says, get rid of your sin. Take it away from your life. Live life abundantly, not just abundantly, but more abundantly. If you know that we have one life, then you have to live it to the fullest calling that the Lord has for you. Don't Mm -hmm. just settle for anxiety, depression, stress. Don't settle for that type of lifestyle because once you find out like your authority in Christ, you know that all those things should never be there. They Mm -hmm. have no legal right in your life unless you give it a right. Yeah. So come on. And I, I, I always like remind people all the time, even every day, every day I have to remind myself of this is, um, a, we have to remind ourselves that we are redeemed by God. Right. Um, and that the Lord, like, even if you're living, uh, in a life of compromise or sin, um, you have to understand, especially as a believer that God tosses your sin in the sea of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we always feel like, oh, God, I can't look at God. I can't look at God. When you think of Mary Magdalene in the Bible, you know, she was filled with demons. She fell astray, right? She's probably dealing with a ton of things, you know, Lord knows what. But he called her by name, right, and saw past all of those things and redeemed her in that moment. Um, And I feel like even people now, I think one thing that we can all relate to is um, for people who might fall or stumble, one thing to remember is that the Lord still is in the redeeming business. He's still um, operating in this place of giving freedom to other people, right? We just talked about this earlier, right? People are, we see people getting free all the time in church. Um, So I just like want to even take this moment to encourage everyone listening to this is freedom tastes a whole lot better (laughs) than what the world tastes like. And I feel like when you get a taste of freedom, um, you're going to see for yourself and you're going to say, God, I don't want to lose this freedom. You know, right? This world is bland. You know, the <laughs> Lord's salvation <laughs> no is like <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's salvation. His freedom tastes so much better. The Lord says, "Taste and see that the Lord mm-hmm. is, you know, is good." So, so you can you can see that for yourself. You know, put your posi- put yourself in a position where you can ask the Lord, like Lord. Take whatever is in me that's not pleasing to you away Mm -hmm. so that I can grow closer to you, so that I can know you better, so that I can live the life that you want me to live. So um, I definitely agree with that. And yeah, so do you have anything else to say? (laughs) I think that's it. We can literally talk about this stuff all night, I feel like. But 
Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I have to say. So. Yeah, me too. But I just, for a word of encouragement, the Lord never looks at your sin. The enemy condemns mm-hmm. you, but the Lord will always say, get up, my child. You know, you are seated in heavenly places right next to the Lord. So you just know um, the Lord is always with you. He never left you. He never forsaked you. And I just want to leave that for you out there and just don't don't take advantage of God's mercy you know mm-hmm. just know that once you've repented try not to ever do that again so yeah. but yeah his he's full of mercy every new every morning so come on yeah so well thanks Dylan <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on tonight this is fun it honestly. was fun yeah. right dude the it. Holy Spirit was flowing come on yeah getting words look at you opening up the Bible too dude, pointing out these scriptures I'm like, <laughs> You know what? I just read this. No, I actually just read this today. I, I read it, you know, but like I was like studying it, you know, like what is this? Whatever I mean. Come you know? on, Holy Ghost. Right, Holy <laughs> Ghost. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. We got to say bye together. Okay, all right. We got to make that echo. Bye. bye. <laughs> you need a countdown, I feel oh, like. Really? <laughs> no, okay. Okay. All right, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Sing gosh. A little note. That's so funny. Ugh. <sighs>